I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to your favorite, no, your bona fide favorite, uh, pop culture podcast. Pop culture turned trickle-down therapy turned the only time Laura and I get to catch up during the week. Our entire friendship essentially exists on this podcast, so what you see is what you get. Yeah, what you hear is what you get. Laura and I were just talking off mic for the first time ever, because usually we come in, we have to sit down, we have a really quick time slot, and then we just record, and then it's like, holy shit, someone else is coming into the studio, gotta go. So... We never actually get to catch up off mic and it's been really funny. We sat down and so for everyone that doesn't know, which none of you will know because why would you, I am now coming in earlier and I'm doing the <laughs> the recording side, the techie side of things. So It's producer loose on the mic, everyone. Producer loose is on the mic. Anyway, so we come in an hour earlier and now we get the chance to actually catch up and we've just talked for about 25 minutes I had 25 minutes <laughs> and and Laura was saying things and I was saying no hold that like we've got to record that we've got to record that Laura's like no this is the problem with our friendship right now everything is copy like we need everything to- is copy and it's so sad so we've already <laughs> gone through all the good stuff everyone there's nothing left <laughs> we kind of have no we haven't we've had big catch-ups like we have these big life events that are coming up which you'll all find out about in due time but it's really funny because we didn't know anything about these life events. We were just breadcrumbing each other on mic and then never never catching up outside of it. Never actually catching up. And I'm like, Luz, could you just tell me what the big news is that you keep breadcrumbing? Because as your friend, I'd love to know. First big news, everyone, is that thank you all for listening to Own the Feels, our podcast about breakups. It's really heartening to see so many of you, I, I don't want to say that have been going through breakups but it's nice to see that it's connecting with a lot of you so that drops every Monday so please please keep listening to that we love we love to see it I really loved the stories of revenge for me that was very interesting yeah I know the people the people the audience you all really you did pull through you're basically the backbones of the backbone of those episodes so thank you everyone Laura quickly what describes, doesn't have to be quick actually, but what describes your week this week? What describes my week is actually very quick. And I was starting to say this off mic and then Luce told me, no, you have to save it. So I hope it's worth the wait. <laughs> um, what, what describes my week genuinely is Fakasha. I have been seeing it everywhere since last week when we introduced Shit You Should Cook About and I gave out my most prized possession, the, my Fakasha recipe and seeing so many people genuinely not only respond and say they'd love to cook it, but cook it and send photos of cooking it. I know. Is Someone cooked it on sweetest. the same day. On the same day. Someone cooked it on the same day that it came out. Honestly. I still haven't done it yet. Lucy, you promised. 
I know. At, at some, I don't think I gave a time limit. You literally said by this time next week. I went, fact check. Can we roll the tape? Roll the tape. <laughs> you said. I don't think I said that. I do not. I do not believe for a second that I said that. Anyway, shoot, you should cook about has popped off in a huge way. It's honestly the cutest thing ever. And I also do want to apologize because I have never said I'm a chef and I never will be a chef. But like seeing... I don't know, seen the cute comments, but yeah, I will, from this week on, we're going to go US conversions, they're back in, um, lists of ingredients, because my, like, ADHD way of listing things, which is putting it all into one blurb and making people cycle through to find what the fuck they're meant to be cooking, (laughs) is also going to get fixed. Um, There will be edits, but today we're going to bring you honey-baked ricotta, which is not even baking or cooking, it's assembly. You can literally do it on your lap. On the way to a dinner, it's perfect. Oh, my God. Yum. I was going to say, I edit Laura's shit you should cook about, and we think in the same way, which doesn't always make for good editing, because what went through my mind was we should put a list of ingredients here. Like, that would be really good. And then suddenly you were talking about some beautiful memory you had with this focaccia, and I was straight up like, I've forgotten, <laughs> like, the thought that I had, which was that we needed – I remember having the thought that we needed a list of ingredients, and then, like, my brain was like, oh, no, this is actually really good the way it is. And, like, I've forgotten that we need a list of ingredients. So I was wondering why you were apologising on the mic before, but then I realised you're apologising because you've got edits that – will be my, I love shit you should cook about. I really, really love it. It's so fun. And it's pushing me to cook more, which is really nice as well. So, I mean, things might get unhinged as time goes on. I might run out of things to cook about. It'll be like peanut butter on toast. <laughs> no, I think that'll be really funny. Like a week where you're just really fucked and you're like, well, I'm in the UK now, so baked beans or like, I don't know. One fried egg. I love seeing the response to it and it's something that I would never, ever, ever, ever have done. So oh. also on on that um on that note, on the close friends the other night, Hayden finally gave us all his smash burgers recipe oh, I and it's saw. saved to our highlight. It's saved to our highlight. Um because there is a little plot twist at the end and I didn't want the the late close friends to the late. Sounds like you all died. I didn't want the people that were added to close friends later to miss out on it. So there'll be a little link in the show notes to sign And up. let me tell you, that surprise is worth it. Sign up just for that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the twist. Sign up just for that and then you can leave. <laughs> um, Luz, what describes your week? Was it smash burgers? It wasn't smash burgers because that's basically described my last six months because it's been the the obsesh, mostly because Hayden will cook them for us all and I don't have to do shit. Um, I didn't actually come with a what describes my week. For some reason, I just couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything, which doesn't often happen. But then Laura got on mic and, and we saw each other and, again, she provided me some copy and she was like, Look at my one nail hanging on by a thread. And I was just like, that is perfect to describe my week because for the first time, like, properly, I got my nails done. Um, Flo, who's my flatmate, and Ruby actually, always gives me shit for how gross my nails are and how I – so I don't pay any attention to them. And also you'll know, Laura, if you play the guitar, like, you can't paint your nails because as soon as you strum it, like, takes a while off you got to have them short. Short nails for the ladies. I mean, that's my issue is that they're never short and they're sort of just like 
they sort of just rip off as I'm playing the guitar and then I don't do anything about it and oh, flow I like what are you? no flow like fear rightly so. I've never ripped a nail playing the guitar, well, Lucy. Ripped, what the fuck? Oh, but like, you know, they get a bit jagged. This is disgusting chat. Anyway, Flo for her birthday wanted me to get my nails done. So I took her and I got bright pink sparkly nails. Also, like, we have a photo shoot today, so I was like, that's a good time for me to do it. And now I've fucking chipped. Oh, I've chipped half of... See, I've never had this issue before, and I just can't deal with it because it's going to give me frustration. Chipped half of my thumb one off, so now it looks like shit, and these cost 50 bucks, and I'm just hanging on by a thread because I should never have changed my ways because it's something that I don't have time to care about, and I wish I did it now that I'm looking at it. It's pissing me off. And also, I'm hanging on by a thread just because, like, you know, life, busyness. <laughs> it's, it's $50 for me. $50? $50 to get these fucking things. My Where did you go? You need to go to St. Luke's Mall Professional. I'm I telling went you. To the mall. That's where I went. Professional. No. And, and then I just got what floated and it was gel. And it was $50 each, so actually I paid 100 Anyway, they did a really good job. It's user error. I chipped it off doing something, probably setting up setting up a technical gear today. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> producer loose, ripping a nail, charge it back to the company, put it on the company Honestly, card. I'll charge it back to the studio, studio hire. Charge it to the studio. Anyway, we should tell the people what we're going to talk about this week before I do my naughty or nice because I'm conscious that I often forget to do that. We're going back to one of Laura's favourite topics and actually something that I love to do in my free time and and never remember what they mean. We're talking about personality tests and in particular, Laura. We are talking today about the Enneagram, the king of all personality tests. Probably not actually, but (laughs) This is, for me, like, I was so excited all day to come home from work and record this. And, like, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes these take more research. Like, last week, you know, I won an Ozempic, took, like, Ozempic, took, like, a lot of research and a lot of thinking and, like, wanting to be really careful about what we say and, like, how we talk about it. And, like, obviously that's the case every time. But with this, I'm just, like, I'm ready to let loose. And I'm so excited. A low stakes pod record that's also really fun is like, it's what we should be doing because, or it's what we should be trying to weave into our content because that keeps it fun for us and because we obviously really care about it. Um, And because it breaks up, I think, some of the heavier topics for the other people. So we're going to go through um, some of the people in the universe's Enneagram numbers and what they mean. And I'm actually really excited to find out about mine because I posted it one day in the newsletter off of a whim, I think after you'd first started writing for us. I Mm. I can't remember when. Um, And everyone was like, oh, that's so you, that's so you. Or I'm like that or my husband's like that and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I need to know what this means, like all these – all these people that think, yes, that's so you. What are they thinking about me? <laughs> Once again, this podcast becomes a therapy session for you, and I honestly can't wait for it. But at least we get to unpack it together on off mic, um, unlike <laughs> usually how we have to rush away and just sit with all these thoughts. But I'm quickly going to do a naughty or nice. Um, I have two stories this week. One I wanted to talk about last week, but we ran out of time. And it's not even Taylor Swift, who I wanted to talk about last week, but we ran out of time. One day. Halfway through the tour, we'll get to her. We have a really good two-part series on Taylor Swift, which is, like, my favourite thing we've ever recorded. I was hyper 
during those episodes. So you can go back and listen to them. Anyway, my first story this week um, is that Amanda Bynes has been put into a psychiatric hold. Laura, had you heard about this story? No, this is literally the first I'm hearing about this. And uh, well, the reason I find it interesting, obviously, because we talk a lot about um, mental health on here and um, Amanda Bynes does suffer from bipolar disorder and supposedly stopped taking her medication a few weeks before um, a days-long episode that sort of led to her walking around the streets of Los Angeles naked and she called the police on herself. And so, yeah, she has been put into a psychiatric hold until she's recovered and it's just been, I think, extended. In California, um, there's a thing called uh, 5150, which is a 72-hour psychiatric hospitalization when someone is evaluated to be a danger to themselves or others. Like I said before, she put herself into this hold um, and in 2022, she was actually released from a nine-year conservatorship, sort of like oh, the wow. one that Britney Spears was in. So this just felt like a story. I mean, we've talked about Kanye West and we've talked about Gabby Hanna and we've talked about sort of manic episodes before. And this is just another case where I was like, for the most part, I've actually seen people talking about talking about this in a far nicer way than, you know, when we first started seeing manic episodes happening in front of our eyes on social media, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously it's not a nice story. No, that's awful. But I hope she gets the help that she needs and also the fact that she called, you know, she called herself in is like just – it's quite commendable. Yeah. This just seemed like a very culture vultury type of story that I thought it would be good to bring up with the listeners because we talk about this together all the time on here. And then a much less serious, in fact, a deeply unserious um, story that I wanted to bring up is Harry Styles and Emily Ratajkowski. Oh, it's what we've all been waiting for. What is your hot take, Lou? It's what we've been waiting for. My hot take is that it's really funny because I just, my episode with Gemma Styles just got released and in it I'm talking about things like, you know, we shouldn't take from celebrities what they haven't Mm. given to us, blah, blah, blah. We always talk about that on on Culture Vulture. But my hot take is that they wanted us to see this because Harry Styles is like the most secret squirrel or or like of secret squirrels, I reckon, unless unless like he wanted this to get out. I don't think it – I really don't think it would have. I mean, they were were making out quite – publicly which is their fucking right to do so what's your hot take my hot take is that when I first saw the video what came to mind was like you know when something happens and people say like oh where were you when this happened where were you when this happened yes. it literally felt like one of those moments where people this was my Titanic like, where, where were you when Harry Styles and Emrata were <laughs> because yes. the way that it took over it took over my feed the way it did that. I know. And, it, like, to be honest, Harry Styles back in 2014 said that Emrata was his celebrity crush. And, like, I am just happy for him. I'm happy for her. She seems to be, like, 
going around getting everyone she's ever wanted. And I'm like, go off. Like if I was a celebrity and I could kiss whoever the fuck I wanted, Harry Styles would be top of the list, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's – I do think one like – well, one negative. There's been a few. But I've been seeing a lot of stories in places like the Daily Mail about how – Emily Ratajkowski is now begging Olivia Wilde for forgiveness and saying that, like, this is – and a source said that, you know, Olivia Wilde thinks this is a betrayal. And I'm like, just – we didn't need to go there. Where do they get this stuff? No, No. a source means nothing. So that's a little bit like we could have left it at, like – we could have left it at the video being leaked and then some commentary and then – have a nice day. Two hot people made out. Big news story and, you know, love that for them. Did you see Lewis Capaldi's TikTok on it? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. What did he say? Like, just watch the video of Harry Styles and M. Rada. I thought he said so unsatisfied. Yes, so unsatisfied. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, I tweeted this, so it's not a hot take for Culture Vulture, but I'm convinced that Lewis Capaldi is, like, one of the only people that could get away with saying shit like that i know a hundred percent a hundred percent everyone should be able to but he's just such a cutie that everyone is just like yep go off lewis so anyway i feel like that's i mean that's naughty but like in a in a kinky in like a good way that's like oh naughty guys it's nice Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So actually, I was supposed to look up and I doubt I could have even found it. Anyway, what Enneagram number Harry Styles was, but maybe. I, somewhere on the internet that exists, and we're going to put it on the Cisco community to find that after this pod. After this pod. But Laura, I want you to teach me about Enneagrams now, because I've come into this very blank. Lucy, I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) We've got 10 minutes on the clock. We're going (laughs) to. No, we can extend. And just before we get into this, it's so much more interesting to listen to things like this when you know what your friends and your loved ones are. So I would recommend before we get into the bulk of this podcast, get sending um, the link that's in the show notes to all your friends. It's very quick and getting them to do the test so that it's more interesting for you to listen to. For I've talked about this a little bit before, but... For the past, not this year, but for two years, I was working on a research essay, which was looking at the relationship between artists and poor mental health and kind of seeing if there was any links between the two um, and trying to figure out ways that psychotherapy and counseling could possibly help, particularly musicians, but also creatives in general. Like I think it was very much targeted to like creatives suffer 
from poor mental health in a way that is unlike most other people. And so trying to figure out ways to help them. And so when I did that, I did a lot of research into kind of psychodynamic practices like attachment theory, shadow theory, cognitive behavioral therapy. And, you know, some of that we've started to share on here. So we did date the person who makes you cringe, my personal fave, which looked at (laughs) attachment theory. And part of what I love about those practices and theories is that they give you a framework to kind of understand people, which personality tests also do. And they kind of fall into that category for me. So personality tests as a caveat to start this whole thing off, like they all have quite murky origins. Like I know we've talked about this before, but like there's the Myers-Briggs, which there's a great book called What's Your Type, which kind of goes into this. But you know, Myers-Briggs took over. I've done so many jobs where they've made me take a Myers-Briggs test. Like, yeah. I feel and, like it's and, very – have you done one before? Uh, yeah. I, I changed from high school. I was an ENTP and now I'm an ENFP So, because I, I, at high school oh. I couldn't feel a thing. I couldn't empathise. I couldn't like – Yeah. And then I yeah. grew into that, which is a nice change. Yeah. But am I right in saying that like these personality tests, well, for me, they're not like a science, but they are something that I find really fun because I love either pretending I know things about myself or – Backing up things that I know about myself. Yeah, they're basically horoscopes. Like, I mean, they're not. There's definitely origins in them and there's definitely history behind all of them. But I think what I really love about them is that they pique our interest around our desire to grasp our personalities. So they provide us with a way and a language to describe ourselves, which for those initiated actually means a lot. So you can say to me, I'm an ENFP. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what that means. But it's way harder to be like, oh, I'm outgoing and creative, but sometimes I get anxious, but I also feel everything. But I'm also like, you know, I feel that's far more intimate to say to someone than to be like, oh, I'm an ENFP. Everyone's like, okay. And it's like, (laughs) when I was, I don't know if it was the corner of dating apps that I found myself living in, but when I was on dating apps, I always saw this in people's bios. They'd be like, I'm a INTJ. I'm a this. And for me, it really got me. I'm, I was the target audience, but <laughs> I feel like... Oh, I was going to say, did you like that or did you not like that? No, I, that was better than like the pictures of people with a fish. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had to choose. A fish and a gym selfie and a group shot where you're not quite sure what one they are because they're all wearing Helen Stein's sunglasses and... And Barker's yeah. pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that a New Zealand thing? Can someone... Is this yeah, the same in every of, country? All of that was so oh. New Zealand. Yeah, so it's far easier, I think, to use that rhetoric when you are, you know what it means. And so while they can be amazing, I think personality tests also really run a risk of putting people into boxes, which is also why a lot of people are averse to them. So I think they can also cause you to excuse bad behavior. It's like, oh, I, well, I'm just that way because I'm like this. I'm just maybe not introverted, but do you know what I mean? It's like you can make an excuse for things because you're just like, oh, this is what it's like. And I feel like I saw this firsthand when I introduced it to one of my workplaces and it was amazing. Like everyone did the test, everyone loved it. Um, You know, we were like, oh, that's why you do this and this and this with the Enneagram. And then like within a couple of weeks, it was like, you're such a type one, like, oh, classic fucking eight, like, cause you're going to do that. And it just, it wasn't safe. It was not a safe space. (laughs) Um, And I think, 
you know, it needs to come with a caveat that these things are by no means prescriptive, but I just really enjoy them. And I think you're the same, Luce, for kind of using them as a prompt to ask myself questions about maybe why I do things, explore core drivers. Like my best friend Tess always says, what's the engine here? When, you know, you feel like you're doing something, it's like, what is the engine? And for me, this test is a great way to examine what is the engine? What is the reason that I'm doing something? And just, you know, ask myself about it. Mm. So that is my brief intro to the Enneagram test. Have you done it before, Luce? Um, I have done it before and I got 8W7. <laughs> so what does, what does the um, – 8-wing-7? Is, is that how one would say it? That's an – she's an 8-wing-7, everyone. We okay. got an 8-wing-7. So basically 8-wing-7 – I think I'll talk a bit about the principles behind it first. Maybe that will help. So the whole Enneagram is based off essentially your core fear and your core desire. And then from there, you can kind of dive into this rabbit warren of what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you doing stress? What do you do when you're feeling great? Um, Which they call levels of health. And then also wings. So the numbers, you are a number from one to nine. And then from there, your number will go to a place in stress and a place in growth. So when you're feeling, they call it integration and disintegration. So it's really useful. I think one of the most useful things about this test is that it helps you tell if you're spinning out and repeating a similar behavior pattern each time you do it, because you're like, Oh, when I'm really, so my, I'm a two with a three wing. And when I'm stressed out, I go to an eight, which is you loose, but I go to the bad (laughs) characteristics of an eight. So I become quite like, I am the worst version of you. I am the worst version of you. No, no. I feel this is when I wish we had a video attached to this podcast because I, I feel like that meme of the guy like pointing over the whiteboard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You if you could see and the hand gestures. All the pens and all the string and all the magazine clippings just like going around. And I'm like, so I'm the worst you. So, so wait, just quickly. So you're a two wing three. I'm a two wing three. You're an eight wing seven. What is a wing? Great question. A wing means that you're essentially, you're not just one type. You also are going to have like a little bit of the number that's adjacent to you. So for a two, it will either be a one or a three wing. For an eight, it will be a six or a seven wing. Basic math. (laughs) We're staying with me. Um, And so basically that adds sometimes like a little bit of a contradictory element to your type. I can really adjust what your type acts like. Um, So when you do the test, which we're going to link in the show notes, um, it will tell you what your type is. And then it's going to have a W and a number next to that. And based off that, you can read up on not only your type, but the other one. So I'm a two wing three. But when I got my results, I'm on the cusp of a three. And so for me, reading about the three, which is the achiever, was super helpful because sometimes I can kind of act in a way that's probably more dominant to that number. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Shall we begin the types? Do the types. I just want to say for reference, Ruby and my mum are also both two wing threes. Well, Lucy, funny you should say that (laughs) because (laughs) a two... A two and an eight are essentially the dream pairing. So a two and an eight together. So another really fun thing you can do 
is, and I'll link this again in the show notes, you can read what your type is like in relationships. So for me, I read what me and Rupert are like together, and it is hilarious. <laughs> but you can also read what you're like in friendships. And a two and a three are the dream power wow. couple, essentially. Because an eight is like a leader. They're very confident. And a two is typically called the helper, which means that they really want to like love people well. And the weaknesses of an eight are the strengths of a two and vice versa. Because also in stress, a two goes to oh. an eight. So there's a whole lot of... I really feel like that yeah, whiteboard I guy. I need to stop. But so the fact that your mum and Rubes are both that does not surprise me because it feel, it's what you attract in your life, you know? You know what you yeah. need and they know what they need. Oh. Out of interest, yeah. is Bella four? Is Bella four with a three She's wing? She's a three with a two wing. <sighs> Sorry. I was certain it would be a four. We had the three in there. I love that you've hypothesized. I do it with everyone. It's not good. We had literally, I think I said this on the mic last week, but I was on a video shoot and by the end of the day, the entire team had done all their numbers. I love it. And were sending it to their yeah. friends and it it, I am obsessed like it. with it. So, so let's begin. <laughs> let, let us begin. So we've got a type one. And also I think, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've done the test, I know what I am, I want to go to my number, just fast forward. <laughs> If you don't want to listen to the rest, you can find your number. But you know what? It's really interesting to hear about all of them. So I'd stay here. Yes, I'm. A type one is called the reformer. So a type one is the world is black and white to them. They have a really strong moral compass. They're a crusader for change. They've got a deep sense of mission in the world. So on there's a website called the Enneagram Institute, which I'm also going to link in the show notes. And it gives you a list of examples. So maybe this is where we'll find out what Harry Styles is. Um... And I don't, these people obviously haven't done the test. I think they're just deciding that this is what these people would be. Yeah. <laughs> but for yeah. a type one, it's got Nelson Mandela, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> Prince Charles, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, Martha Stewart, like yeah. Meryl Streep. <laughs> okay, Meryl Streep brought their one back, but. At the start, no, Nelson Mandela's pretty good too. I was going to say, no offense, I wouldn't want to be yeah. that one, but actually Michelle Obama, like me trying to pick what one I wouldn't want to be, like making it a competition, I would, all the ones out there, um, my brother Squish from the shit show, he's a one, so that's him, anyone that needs reference. Doesn't really sound that fitting though to him. Well, let me continue. Okay. So, we'll get, well, you'll get into the rhythm of it, but basically every type is driven by something and they have a core fear. So for a one, their core fear is being corrupted or turned off track and their basic desire is to have integrity and to be really balanced. So okay. ones like, for me, most people I've met who are one are super organized. They don't like chaos. Yeah. They're very like, everything has a place and everything's in its place. Um, but they're not like boring in that way. It's more just that. Everything's very controlled. Yes, yeah. And they okay, yeah. have it all together. But they they it's not that they can't see grey in their life. It's just that they're very morally into doing the right thing. Yeah. Um which yeah. can be tough because it can also mean that they lead up to like this build up of intense emotions where they're trying to seek justification of their feelings and ultimately seek justification of themselves. So when they are in a really good place, a one will go to a seven, which is the enthusiast, and they'll become quite spontaneous and joyful. But when they're under pressure, they go to a four and they can become quite kind of moody or kind of irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. What do you think of that in light of your brother? Yes, that is that is so, especially the thing about like wanting to have control and not liking chaos, but then also not really leaning into control or chaos unless they're around the right people, like, and and 
And yeah, that's that yeah. sounds like my brother. <laughs> He's like morally righteous, but sometimes to his detriment because it means that he doesn't doesn't bend his. That's so interesting. And again, it's like you could listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, that's so them." And it's <laughs> I know that's so them. And also really interesting. Just before we continue, I don't know any or no one that I got to do the test was a four, a five, or a six. Well, that is really interesting. So all my best friends are fours, every single one of them. Which oh. a four? We'll just skip ahead. Why not? A four is the individualist. Yeah. So the four, I'm I cannot tell. You, I'm surrounded by them. My best friend Tess, my best friend Kim. Every musician I've ever worked with who I've convinced to do this test comes back as a four. The four is the ultimate creative. No one's more creative. No one's more expressive. No one's more self-aware. They cultivate beauty around them. They express themselves and they're very aware of their flaws. So they'll happily identify them, happily reveal them. And they're very able to process painful experiences and turn them into art, essentially. Um, So that's why a lot of artists you'll find are creative individualists. Um, they I now want everyone in my life to do this. I now need everyone in my life to do this. I think we're going to get the Cisco community in some way to do this and comment it all. Literally, everyone has to. I've, I've done little breakdowns of each type, which yeah. I think, yeah, there's also a whole like Enneagram, yeah. Instagram, TikTok world you can delve into, which is crazy. And they post like yeah. little, you know, jokes about it, which hurt quite a lot. Um, but fours normally are the ones as well that when you send them the test, they're like, I'm not fucking doing it. Can't put me in a box. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Because fours, right. I'm too creative. I'm too creative. Don't put me in a box. The thing for them is that their deepest fear is having no significance and their basic desire is to find their true selves and be significant. So they want to be authentic at all costs. They are all about like having an identity and the idea of losing that is really, really scary to them. So that is why for musicians and artists... That's, that's why it seems like that would be Belle. Um, yeah. Whereas, not us therapizing <laughs> other people because she's so authentic. She's so, like, feeling and she turns everything that she's feeling into beautiful art or beautiful work or poetry or whatever. So, Belle, in fact, is a three. And so what? what's a three? So a three is... So I am a two-wing three. A three is the achiever. So the threes are role models. They're here to achieve great things in the world. You'll find like a lot of people in leadership positions are threes. They're very charming. They're very admired. They're successful in the fields that they kind of pursue. They are very driven. They're very authentic as well. And they have a lot of ambition and they really like, they've got a lot of hopes and dreams. And so the threes Mm. are really motivated by feeling valuable and feeling like they're adding value to a situation and they're really worthwhile. And their basic fear is that they're worthless. So threes can kind of get into this cycle where they fear that their value only comes from their success. And they kind of seek affirmation to ward off these feelings of inadequacy. And so some, like when it goes, and this is um, the thing with the levels of health. So it In the Enneagram, it kind of takes you through at your very best what you're like and at your very worst what you're like. And at their very best, threes are, you know, changing the world, achieving so much, but doing it in a really healthy way where everyone's on board for the ride and it's super amazing to be a part of. And at their worst, they're super disengaged, they're apathetic, they can't believe they haven't achieved anything and they just tap out. So... Mm, where the levels okay. of health are really yeah, helpful all or, nothing kind of. all or nothing and so you can kind of gauge where you are feeling kind of emotionally on a health level by looking at those nine levels between yeah the levels of health and figuring out oh I'm feeling you know kind of here or oh I've gone down a bit here um 
And this is one that's really interesting to me because of three, I feel like you can always pick them because they're the ones who, when things get hard or they are under pressure, they just become so apathetic. They're not the ones who are going to dig in and be like, I'm yeah. going to get it sorted. They just say, oh, well, I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because the idea of like not doing something yeah. or feeling not worthwhile is like, nope, would rather die. Nope. <laughs> and yeah. For me, depending on the day, this is when I really swing between a two and a three because sometimes sometimes when things get hard, I dig in and I'll get into that on a two. But other yeah. times I'm like, Do you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to procrastinate forever. Not worth it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, we'll talk about toes then because you, Rube's mum, all the mothering oh. figures in my life. Well, this is – and this is the controversial thing about a two as well. So a lot of women over-index as a two. They always come back. And when we did – I wrote about this in the newsy a while ago, and a few people did reply saying this, that typically women, we've kind of been put into this, like, motherly, empathetic, like, mm. I'll look after you role. And because of that, a lot of the time when women take this test, they're like, oh, you're the helper. You're just there to sacrifice for others. And as they kind of progress and get to know themselves more and learn their identity, they're like, oh, I'm actually more of a three. Or, like, actually, I'm more of a four. But I was yeah. actually kind of told that I had to be play this role as a woman. Um, but yeah. also you can just be a two. I'm just out here being a two. And I know that because my absolute <laughs> deepest fear is to feel loved and love people. <laughs> like That is all. Your deepest fear. My deepest desire. Deepest sorry. Fear is to love my people. deepest desire. Yeah. <laughs> my deepest fear is to not Aww. get that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause Ruby said to me, um, that she doesn't know if this one is fully her. And I was like, I can't validate you cause I don't actually know anything about these things well I think that's really interesting about Ruby because the best the thing that I would say to ask yourself Ruby if you're listening is to ask yourself what happens when you're stressed out and when you're feeling fab so when you're stressed a two will go to an eight which is the challenger which is Lucy which we'll get to yeah this but a is two Ruby when thing. <laughs> well so that is interesting so a two will go and they'll become essentially the worst character characteristics of an eight so they'll become manipulative and domineering and for me oh, okay. This is when I sorry, knew Ruby. that this was me. Sorry, Ruby. But this is when I knew that this really was me because my I had quite a stressful situation when I was like 19, 20. And the person that I was seeing at the time, like quite horrifically got paralyzed and which is heavy to bring to the pod. But when that happened, the pod's here for it. The pod's here for it. My reaction. No, I mean, that's why the pod exists. But when that happened, my reaction was like to just double down. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to take control of the situation then. And I was under so much stress. And I, you know, there was a lot that had to be done. And there was a lot of decisions that had to be made. And I was really involved at the time. But I also was probably too involved and was like, I'm going to dominate the shit out of this and take over because no one else is going to. Um, which is kind of where a two goes in stress is they're like, I'm going to fucking take control. Whereas in growth, and this is when I've seen like, especially recently, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling quite healthy. In growth, a two goes to a four. So they become the individualist. They're very creative. They've got a lot of time for their creative projects. And like, you know, even doing this pod and writing and cooking and all these things, I'm feeling, I'm loving that at the moment. And you kind of, you're nurturing that creativity within you because you're feeling really healthy, which Aww. we love for a two. That's, I love, honestly, I love that I'm now going to be walking around all day being like, now, what number will you be? And also, where do you go in points of crisis? <laughs> where do you go when you feel stressed out? Which I think, Lucy, we do have to talk about you. I think we're finally there. Oh, wait. Well, what? Have we jumped from two to eight somehow? We're going to skip a five and a six. We'll come back. Okay. But we've got to. Okay. <laughs> I think 
I think it works well. So you were an eight with a wing seven, yeah? Yes, yeah. Okay, you look tense. Oh, I'm kind of excited, but maybe that's my that's what an eight does. They look they look tense when they're actually gearing up for something. <laughs> that's what it says on the page, looks tense. Okay, I'm going to read what I wrote because I can't look at you and say it. Strong, assertive, and overflowing with willpower, eights have no issue with challenging both themselves and other people to exceed in any given area. They want to leave their mark, be independent, and gravitate naturally to being very charismatic leaders, absolutely thriving in the role. Their take-no-prisoners attitude and decisiveness is a huge asset, but if they ever feel like they're being controlled or they're losing autonomy, their tempers can quickly flare, becoming domineering and isolating themselves to resist being indebted to anyone. This is... So me though. I I don't want to be one of those people that is like, oh my God, I did this test and it's so me. But because I did this test again so that I could double check that it's like on any given day, do I still get the same thing? Got the exact same thing. So I was like, right, she's fucking willing to hear what it is. And this is exactly like um, my uh, attachment theory thing as well. It's like any time that I feel like I am either – like losing control or someone else is coming in to like take a bit of that, even if it's for a good reason, I'm straight up like, no, like I'm going to not talk to everyone for a week and like get, get this back. I will, yeah. I will like, I need to have it. And, and it that's so interesting. But then also like I, yeah, I am constantly like very decisive I know instantly whether something's right or wrong and I do challenge like I now like how my um Myers-Briggs thing changed I used to hate confrontation and now I can be quite confrontational if it pertains to me the people I love or um the business yeah very much so in business I'm like straight up that's cringe we're not doing it like yeah a hundred percent and so there your basic fear is being controlled by other people your basic desire is to be in control of your own life and I was (laughs) it's all it's all making sense let me read you some people that it's got here oh oh no just do it (laughs) the way you said oh no (laughs) Wait, say it. This is Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if the shoe fits, he also owns a media company, Truth Social. I don't know. Honestly, Winston Churchill, Aretha Franklin, Queen Latifah. Okay. um, Some are powerful black Paul Newman? Don't know who that is. Um, There's like, (laughs) isn't Paul Newman the salad dressing guy? Oh. I've got no idea, darling. No. You're the shit you should cook about. Oh, okay, fine. Come back next week for Paul Newman's salad dressing <laughs> recipe. But so an eight, <laughs> yeah, when I was thinking about you and this number, it makes so much sense to me because also as a two, I have, like, I'm drawn to eights because in them I think I see something that I really need and want for myself, which I think I've said to you so many times before, but the way that you put up boundaries is unparalleled. Like I have never met anyone who remains open, intimate, like engaging, all the things that are amazing about you, but also you have boundaries. You've have not yet got burnt out in this job, which is unreal considering you're living online, doing 50 podcasts, whatever it is, like because you know what you need to keep going and you're not going to let yourself be controlled by other people and you own a huge media company that is not controlled by anyone because it's supported by the followers. Like you have created something that works for you. And I think it's amazing. And, but on the downside, 
obviously there's a downside to everything. Like I feel right now I feel like overboundaried. Like in the weekends and things like that, I'm like, I need so much time to recharge so yeah. that I can do this thing well. But then it's like, there's not actually a life if you're just overboundering yourself to do the control thing incredibly well. Yeah. And, but then that's why it's really good working with people like you and Rubes and Belle because there are certain people that I love to relinquish this control that I obviously think that I need to. And it's like, I love when you take control of culture vulture. I love when Ruby basically controls everything important to do with Siska <laughs> and I can focus on the content. Same with Belle. Like, I think it's taken me ages to even let three people in and do that. So it is, and, and it means that I'll probably never have a romantic partner that I'm like, yeah, no, we're not going to say around that. me 24-7. <laughs> But you know what I mean. <laughs> but that's we don't we don't want that. But also I think like from the other side of it, and you know, this is a peek behind the curtain, but I feel like I can't explain how hands off loose is as like an editor and as like a you yeah. like for someone who wants to be in because I I don't want to push this thing of yes. control because it's not like you're a control freak. It's literally that like you want to be in control of yourself, yes. but you're not gonna control other people. And so, like, if I'm like, Luce, I want to write on yeah. Fakasha, yeah. you're like, cool, pop yeah. off, like, send it over. Like, there's yeah. very few times, I think, ever, but it's because you trust the people that you let into this thing, and then you're kind of like, say, cool. I find trusting people really easy. Once I know you, I'm like, you're going to do... I think it's because that's what I would always want. I wouldn't want someone micromanaging me, and so I'm like, as soon yeah. as I know that you're good at your craft and you get it and you get the vibe, I'm like, I do not need to be in here telling you every if and or but about how to do the thing. But, yeah, that's so – I hope people still think I'm a nice person after listening to this. They, you that you definitely <laughs> are. I mean, all the eights are, like, leaders who everyone loves, so I think you're fine. Uh, Donald Trump. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> you made me read it <laughs> out. You, <laughs> you made me read it out. Okay. I was going to let it go. <laughs> It's Paul Newman. Listen, I don't know. But the the last thing I want to say about it is that I think what you said about when you're stressed out and you kind of disappear for a week is really interesting because it says in stress, when under pressure, challenges can retreat, become secretive and scared, and they go to an unhealthy five, which is the investigator, which we'll get to. But when they're in a healthy place, challenges become like a two, me, and they become more open-hearted and caring, which I would say you're in a very healthy place because you seem to be letting people in caring about people, talking to me off mic and not just making everything copy. <laughs> no, I know, but that's how you can – that is honestly how you can tell. Like, I won't pick up the phone to ring my friends, like, for most of the year when I'm, like, stressed or, like, boundaried. And then when I do, I feel so much better and I feel like a better friend. So it's interesting that I would go to a two. I love that. And should we talk about your wing? Yes, let's talk about my wing, then let's talk about the numbers that we're missing, because we've done this in the most fucking random order of all time, but I'm loving This it. is, we are the same brain, and it's so bad. It's like how I wrote the recipes. I'm it's so sorry. It's to record it, because we're on the same wavelength, but it's bad for the listeners, so maybe it's shit for a podcast. It's bad when, like, your only expectation is just to go from one to nine in numerical order, yeah. and we're like, so anyway... <laughs> And number so eight. anyway, why don't we go to why don't we go it's to the most basic need? <laughs> so back to a seven. Um, so my wing is a seven, everyone. So your wing is a seven, yeah. If you're following the thread on the whiteboard, her wing's a seven. 
Um, which I have a lot to say about because, and also I think a lot of people wrote in and said that they expected you to be a seven, like just a straight seven, oh. which I can totally see for you a s- because a seven is the enthusiast. Yeah. And this is what Dunk is, which Dunk is such an enthusiast. Like he is so excited about everything and about people and about what everyone's up to. But I wasn't surprised when I was less because I'm constantly challenging him when he's like real excited about stuff and I'm like yeah but what about this so I'm not surprised but I I do see how I do see how the people were like should be an enthusiast and I can be and you can be you've got a seven wing baby lean in (laughs) lean into your wing if you leave here with one piece of advice so a seven I know a lot about because Rupert is also a seven um so I kind of had to learn about them the hard way which if you, I will link it in the show notes. I know I've said it a thousand times, but on the Enneagram Institute, when they give you your number in the type description, you can then click what your type is like in relationship with another type. And it's really, really, really interesting if you want to delve into, if you happen to know the type of people you've dated, which of course I do, or people that you're currently dating or married to, or your friends or your mom or whoever, like it's so fascinating to read. Um, so a seven is essentially your dream dinner party guests. They are enthusiastic about literally everything. They're spontaneous, optimistic. They're full of energy. They're constantly anticipating the next new thing they're going to experience. And I think like one great way, I don't know, there's so many anecdotes I could bring, but when we moved to London, like you'll remember in the newsy, I found it quite hard, like particularly the first month I was kind of like, what have we done? I have no community. This is really hard. And Rupert was living his absolute best life like I remember walking down the street one day and he'd been like come on let's leave the house let's go do something and I had like I was literally crying on the street like little tears rolling down underneath my sunglasses because it just felt so surreal and he was like look at that cafe look at that restaurant the sun is shining this is amazing what should we do for dinner and it was just such different experiences I love but It's the most wonderful thing. It's ridiculous. But it is being married to a seven or being knowing a seven is truly amazing because they just bring up the vibe. Like, I think we all have one in our lives. Do you feel like you have one in your life, Luke? Yeah, Duncan. He's straight up, like, always so excited about Siska, always so excited about the next technology, always blah, blah, blah. Like, he truly, unless he's really tired – most of the time, like, he is actually my favourite conversation to ha- like, my favourite person to have conversations with because he's so, like, into everything. Okay, not offended, but sure. <laughs> okay, well, you're a two, so you look after me. You also make me dive <laughs> deep into my control issues. <laughs> <laughs> so you're it's not... A, it's different yeah, conversation. It's different conversation. It's, different. <laughs> it's like Liv. I wish I knew what Liv's was because she is also, I'd be interested, probably be a four... But I could also see her being a two. I would say without a doubt yeah. she's a four. Yeah. I'd say she's a four with a three wing. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Liv, if you're listening, we've got yeah, you. And she should be listening because she told she <laughs> Wherever would. you are in Norway <laughs> yeah. or somewhere. So a seven, back to the sevens, They, while they love every experience, this can also mean that they can be super impulsive and quite distracted. So they are the ultimate like can't choose an ice cream flavor because I want every single one. Mm. The grass is always greener. Yes. Like I think we'd literally landed in London and I shit you not two weeks later, Rupert was sending me videos of Bali being like, seems like a cool place to live. Oh, and you're like, duh. And I was like, we just, we, 
we just got yeah. here and we like kind of have there's a reason we yeah. moved here like what are you but they're constantly just like what's the next yeah. thing what are we doing next and one of the reasons that the Enneagram kind of says or hypothesizes why they might be doing this is because they're wanting to avoid any kind of deprivation or pain at all costs so they aim why are you taking a photo of me sorry just did it before I forgot for the close friends <laughs> Um, so one of the reasons they're doing this is because they're wanting to avoid deprivation or pain at all costs and they aim to stay forever occupied to kind of keep away from the anxiety of knowing what to actually do with themselves. So their basic yes. fear is being in pain or being deprived in any way and their basic desire is to kind of have their needs filled and just be super satisfied. So when they are in a really good place and they can go to a five, which they're mm. investigators. So they're very fascinated by life and they're less scattered. But when they're under stress, they can become quite critical, like an unhealthy one. And essentially they get decision paralysis. So they're like, oh. I don't know what to pick. I don't know if they're yeah. trying to decide what relationship to be in. I don't know who to pick. Um, chronically, you know, they date people for a while because they can't figure out who they want to be with. Or is someone better always just around the corner? Um and that is, I guess, like the Achilles heel of a seven. Mm. That they turn into a five. <laughs> they turn into a one, which is oh. kind of very critical. Um, so on this breakdown, it's got examples of sevens, Mick Jagger, Miley Cyrus, Elton John, um, oh. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, um, they're cool. The sevens are dope. Yeah, the sevens are here to party. Brad Pitt? Cameron Diaz, Paris Hilton, Queen, um, yeah. James Franco. Where I don't know where they get these from. These people clearly Neither. haven't done the test. They've but got the Dalai sorry, Lama on there. Eight sucked. Like, no. my eights, my homies in there with the eights sucked. You've got a seven wing, so lean into it. Yeah. But the sevens are, like, they're so fun to be around. And I think... What's really fab about, so we're a two and a seven in a relationship. And what's kind of great about that is I kind of help Rupert to have empathy, which is a quality he severely lacks, um, <laughs> which we'll do this another time. But there's another test called Strength Finders. And my number one strength was empathy. And his 36th last strength was empathy. Like, and we that is are, why opposites attract. And that is why we're basically the same person apart from this one fact where a two can help, help a seven to kind of not move on to the next thing, but actually stay where they are and love the people well that are around them in that time. And a seven can help the two kind of get out of their head a little bit, live life a little bit more, be a little bit more spontaneous and not feel like they're taking the weight of the world on their shoulders and that they have to save everyone. So together we oh, work really nicely. You do too. So um, I think we have left a five, a six and a nine. <laughs> Yeah, we have a five, a six, and a nine. Five and six, no one I know is a five and a six. So to be really self-indulgent and for time, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's quickly go through what they are, and I okay. won't even comment. That's what I mean. Not let's skip them, but I will try right. not to comment. Okay, so a type five is called the investigator, and they are on a lifelong mission for why. They're very intense people that are taking everything in. They're always contemplating, always listening. They're knowing, they're understanding, and they essentially want to have all the information so they can make a decision. So their basic fear is being incapable, and their basic desire is to be competent. Um, investigators are the kind of people who... One interesting anecdote about them is that apparently they collect quite a lot of things. So if it's someone who's got like a book collection or a stamp collection or these things, they've kind of like got this very complex inner world and they've created a lot of stuff to kind of understand that because it helps them understand their own inner world better. Um, 
But in the process of kind of collecting all these things, they can neglect their real needs and relationships and kind of isolate themselves. So I think typically fives can be quite introverted, but obviously that's not for everyone. They could be really like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking Extroverted eights out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also don't know many fives, which I don't know is that they might be just annoyed by me because I'm very loud and like <laughs> in your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, sad. But I do know a couple, and the ones that I do know are the sweetest, nicest people who really have so much knowledge. Um, so if you're a five, let us know. Who are the celebrity fives, just quickly? Okay, celeb fives. We've got Bill Gates. Okay. Albert Einstein. Yeah, okay. I'm not surprised that it's these real geniuses. Mark Zuckerberg, Kurt Cobain. It's the geniuses. It's the genius club. Yeah, the genius club. Sixes, though. Sixes are the loyalists. So interesting fact about the six they think that this is actually the most common number um and that sixes are basically what a six wants is to have security and be supported and their deepest fear is being left without guidance or being left without support so they're very reliable very committed very security oriented um once a six knows that they can trust you they will 100% be there for you till the end they're going to be championing you um however they can be very vulnerable to anxiety so they look for security outside of themselves and beliefs, authority figures and structures. And one thing that a lot of people were talking about is that sixes kind of move with the pack, right? And so in an election and things like that, it's really interesting to watch if our group of people is swayed one way or another because they're looking for mm-hmm. security in like a leader or in an authority figure or in a belief or an idea. Um, they kind of lean in. And if those outward entities let them down, they become very fearful, oh. very aggressive and very suspicious and negative of the very thing that they looked to for support. Okay. I feel like I might know my other friend, Laura. She's very, like, loyal and she, yeah, she really values, like, security and things like that. I feel like she might be a six. <laughs> Me? Giving context yeah, it would be people none of you know. You're like, so <laughs> I've actually analysed. And so a six, the interesting thing is that a three, a six, and a nine kind of form this triangle And they all move to each other, Um, which also you can misidentify your type. And like a three might actually be a six, a six might actually be a nine because they kind of really Mm. merge. So when they're really healthy, a six becomes like a nine and they become really optimistic and they relax. And when they're under pressure, they go to a three and can become quite arrogant and competitive, which brings me to a nine. It feels like a marathon, this Uh, final number um, called the crown of the Enneagram. The nine encompasses essentially a little bit of all of the numbers together. So a nine is someone you really want to keep around they are fun like a seven they're creative like a four they're kind like a two they're very calming at the end of the day the only thing they want is peace both peace of mind and inner stability and their basic fear is separation and loss so they want to bring people together heal conflicts and be fully connected but their desire for that can be so strong that they have a tendency to like bliss out and try to transcend and kind of avoid any inner turmoil or conflict rather than face it i was about to say so my dad is a nine he's the only person i know that's a nine and he he does he it is like he encompasses like a little bit of all those numbers but also a huge thing about him is that He never really knows how he's feeling and he avoids conflict. And even when things are going on, he'll sort of just like he thinks that it's easier to just not say anything inflammatory and not get involved, blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's like, no, you need to have a point of view sometimes. Yeah. Love you, Dad. But 
And a nine brings something to a situation that I think no one else can. Like I have back home, there were like three people in my life that were nines and they brought just like a stability to a situation where like when they feel confident and they say what they think, you know that they've thought about that thing for so long that when they say it, it's really important. Like a nine's not just Mm going to blurt out an opinion or an idea. So if they do say it, I think you need to really listen to it because they've, they're saying it because they think it's going to bring something to the situation. So listen to your dad, Luce. God. Who are some famous nines, Laura? Some famous nines, everybody. We have Gloria Steinem. We have Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Okay. Audrey Hepburn. Morgan Freeman. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Um, Walt Disney. We need to get some young celebs. The examples are unhinged. To do these, I think. We need to, like... Start an interview series where we like get celebrities to do these with us, and then we talk to them about we therapize them, we talk to them about what that means. Wouldn't that be great? I would also just love to know where they have got these examples from. Yes, like, same. to be clear, we're reading we're reading this off the Enneagram Institute. I don't think any of these people took the test. No, <laughs> maybe they did, but I it's doubt very it, interesting that it they is are interesting. putting these people in these boxes. But um. That is that summarizes the Enneagram in a very chaotic introduction. But I hope I hope if you have taken the test, it's given you some kind of clarity on your number. If you haven't taken the test, please do it and talk to us in the comments. Would love to hear what your type is. And also I would love to know just as a general what number everyone is. Can we run a poll? I want to know what our community is. That's that's what I've been thinking about to go along with this. So we will be working on how to figure that out because I would I would also really, really like to know. Anyway, I think all of this does obviously come with a caveat because no one likes to be told that they're put in a box or that they are a number. So if this serves you well, amazing. If this is something that's not that interesting to you or you feel like it brings you negativity or whatever, like just discard it. Like it's literally, I treat it like a horoscope. Like we don't really know the origins of this. Um, There is, again, on the Enneagram Institute, there is a history around this and how it's kind of been brought into psychology in some spaces, but in other spaces is just kind of like a mystic thing. So, you know, this is not by any means a psychotherapeutic practice, but it is very interesting if you vibe it. (laughs) And it's fun. It's fun to talk about. Speaking of things that are fun to talk about, Laura, what is on your radar this week? On my radar, I've literally in front of me got nothing written, but something that is on my radar that I'm desperate to hear no, watch is Succession, the new season. Oh, okay. That was what's on my radar. No. Succession, because I've started watching it. Yeah, it's my favorite fucking show. Oh, oh, and the new season's really good. I'm really excited for you to watch it. So I've been recapping the old season, like not watching it, but just reading things because I could not for yeah. the life of me remember how it ended because it was so long ago. And I think yeah. tonight after this, I'm going to hopefully if Rupert hasn't watched it without me, we're going to start it tonight. But I'm so excited. It's the last season. It's, and there's only one episode out, so there's not a huge lift. It's, they're releasing them weekly. Um, I know it's the last season. Also, have you been watching Ted Lasso? That's the other thing that's on my radar. Do you watch Ted Lasso? Yes, this was on my radar last week. Do you oh. listen to the podcast, Liz? Oh, and <laughs> I don't fucking listen, and obviously I don't <laughs> fucking remember. Okay, so everyone, just know that I'm hanging on by a nail thread right now. And the only thing getting me through is Succession and Ted Lasso. And if oh. I've already recommended probably both of them, um, I don't I don't care. I felt extremely bad because last week I gave a major spoiler about the first Ted Lasso episode and then I saw multiple people were like, I can't believe you 
gave a spoiler oh. and I literally ruined it for everyone. So I'm never talking about it again. Well, no spoilers in this one, I promise. Um, except for maybe we've spoiled your day by putting you in a box <laughs> about the, yeah. with your number. Spoiler, Ted Lasso is actually an Enneagram 7 if I've ever fucking seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually so fucking true. Oh, the succession family as Enneagram numbers? We, yeah, okay, we need to do that. We need to. I'm sure someone's done that. We need to read about it. Anyway, on that note, this has been a really long podcast. So, Laura, thank you for joining me and for catching up off mic and on mic. Oh, always beautiful. Producer Luce, thank you for producing this episode. <laughs> and, and we'll see you. Me thanking myself because I'm so used to She's thinking. in control, everyone. She's in uh, control. Yeah, no. She's in her eight mode. She's gone eight mode. Um, okay. <laughs> Lucy wanted to be so much in control, she got rid of the producers. <laughs> and she's actually... <laughs> oh, my God. We'll see you next week, everyone. Next week, I'm not even on this. She's interviewing herself. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's so funny. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.